So, appreciate that. Let's take our Bibles tonight, if you will, and go to 1 Samuel chapter 16. Appreciate that song. And if it wasn't for the grace of God, probably most of us wouldn't be here tonight. And uh, thankful for that truth, that reminder. How could it be that we, undeserving people, the Lord loves us unconditionally? We uh, think about that truth, it really should cause us to turn our attention to the Lord and thank Him for His love for us and His uh, care for us. 1 Samuel chapter 16, we're going to be at tonight. We've been studying through a little bit of the life of David on Wednesdays and Sundays with our teenagers. And uh, by the way, let me, let me tell you, uh, uh, parents of your teenagers and kids, we appreciate your young people. They're sweet kids. We've enjoyed them. It's almost been a year since we've been here, and uh, we just love spending time with them and getting to be with them. And uh, I'm a little jealous that I'm in here because I wish I was out playing with volleyball with them right now. Back in my mind, like, I want to play volleyball, but maybe after church tonight. But I am so grateful to be in here. I love uh, opening the Word of God and, and, and spending some time together in it. So I, I, I want to be here, but I'm, I'm kind of torn, if I can use that way. Uh, but I'm, I'm grateful they're in good hands, and we have many folks who help in different ways. Uh, but I, I do thank you for the opportunity to invest in them. And uh, many of you are faithful. I know Wednesday nights is tough to get here to church, and so working all day. So thank you for making the, the uh, opportunity or making the effort to be here tonight. First Samuel chapter 16, uh, this is the, really the beginning life of David and really his early stages. Now, we're going to get into this a little bit tonight, and I, wa- I want to speak to you just for a few moments about answering the, God's call or answering the call that God may have upon your life. And I don't mean in full-time ministry, and I don't mean in any really uh, specific way, but maybe just a broad spectrum tonight as we think about that, God's call on our life. What has God given each one of us to do? The life of David is interesting because David, we, we find in, in chapter 16 here tonight, First Samuel chapter 16, that David was maybe around 16 to 18 years old. We, there's not really uh, a, a clear evidence of how old he was, but they, we think that maybe a lot of uh, writers think or commentators think that he was about now that age. And so imagine a 16-year-old uh, facing some things that he had to face, some things that he would go through eventually. Most of you know the story of, of David and Goliath. That's probably the most familiar story. David, uh, as King David, would face great battles, great uh, victories, high moments in his life, but also very low moments in his life. And so most of you could probably uh, rattle off information about David we just, just very quickly. And I want to take a different angle of, out of his life tonight and really think about what has God called each one of us to do. God is constantly calling people to himself. He's constantly drawing us to himself, and he wants us to answer that call. And maybe today he may be calling you to do something uh, specific. He may be calling you to uh, speak to this person, or he may be calling you to go to this place, or uh, whatever it is, God is constantly calling us to himself. Revelation 3.20, we'll get to our text in just a moment, tells us this, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice... And open the door, I will come to, into him and will sup with him and he with me. God is constantly knocking on our door. God is constantly calling and seeking us. Will you listen? Will you obey? Will you think about David tonight? He answered a, a great call. We're going to see some things that took place with David as he began, before he would ever even become king, before he ever would conquer Goliath, before he would ever do anything great. There were some things that were happening in his life long before that took place that he was doing. And this could be applied to young people, it could be applied to children, it could be applied to adults. Uh, all across the board, we can find some great truths out of 1 Samuel 16 and on through the life of David. Look at 1 Samuel 16, verse 1. It says, And the Lord said unto Samuel, 
How long without mourn for Saul, seeing I have rejected him from the beginning over Israel? Fill thine horn with oil and go, and I will send thee to Jesse the Bethlehemite. For I provided me a king among his sons. And Samuel said, How can I go? If Saul bear it or hear it, he will kill me. And the Lord said, Take an heifer with thee and say, I come, sacrifice to the Lord. And call Jesse to the sacrifice, and I will show thee what thou, thou shalt do. And thou shalt anoint unto me, or unto me him who, whom I name unto thee. Verse 4, And Samuel said, or Samuel did that which the Lord spake and came to Bethlehem. And the elders of the town trembled at his coming and said, Come thou peaceably. And he said, Peaceably I come to sacrifice unto the Lord. Sanctify yourselves and come with me to sacrifice. And he sanctified Jesse, his sons, and called them to the sacrifice. We're going to read verse 6 through 13 here in just a minute. Let's follow on verse 6 where we are. And it came to pass when they were come that he looked on Elab and said, Surely the Lord's anointed is before him. But the Lord said unto Samuel, Look not on his countenance or on the height of his stature, because I have refused him. For the Lord seeth not as man seeth, but man looketh on the outward appearance, but the Lord looketh on the heart. Then Jesse called Abinadab and made him pass before Samuel, and he said, Neither hath the Lord chosen this. Then Jesse made Shema to pass by and said, Neither hath the Lord chosen this. Again, Jesse made seven of his sons to pass before Samuel. And Samuel said unto Jesse, The Lord hath not chosen these. And Samuel said unto Jesse, Are all, or hear all thy children? And he said, There remaineth yet the youngest. Now notice this. There remaineth yet the youngest, and behold, he keepeth the sheep. And Samuel said unto Jesse, Send and fetch him, for we will not sit down till he come hither. And he sent and brought him in. Now he was ruddy, and with all a beautiful countenance, and goodly to look to. And the Lord said, Arise, anoint him, for this is he. Then Samuel took the horn of oil, and anointed him in the midst of the brethren, and the Spirit of the Lord came upon David from the day forward, so Samuel rose up and went to Ramah. Now we find really, this is the beginning of David before he was anointed as, or eventually would be anointed as the next king of Israel. Now there's a lot to look at in this passage, a lot to really think on this evening. I just want to kind of bring it into three simple truths tonight, okay? The first thing is this, we notice David's preparation. There were some things that took place before uh, our story tonight, or our, our, uh, really our text tonight, before David was preparing to be the king of Israel, there were some things that took place. Now, you can look through the scripture and find uh, men and women in the Bible who God used early times in their life to prepare them for what was to come. You think about familiar ones, Joseph. Joseph, from an early age, uh, God used those times in his life to send him ahead of his brothers and his family to protect them. And uh, God took Joseph through low valleys and high mountaintops, but God was preparing Joseph for what was to come. Think about Moses. I think a couple weeks ago on Wednesday night, the pastor was talking about the life of Moses. And uh, God used Moses to, during those early times of his life, to prepare him for what he would eventually do and lead the children of Israel out of Egypt to the promised land. Uh, others, like Paul. I love Paul and his, his life and his testimony and what he did and how God used him. But God prepared Paul, who uh, was a convert and changed, God changed him. He was preparing him for what was to come, the persecutions. Long before Paul ever would go through persecutions, long before Paul would ever uh, do great and mighty things that we can see through his life, God prepared him for what was to come. The same is true in the life of David. God was preparing David, uh, preparing, teaching him lessons to be a servant long before he would ever become the king of Israel, long before he would ever face a Goliath. And so Galatians 1 
17 and 18, another verse to think on and write down maybe in your notes or the margin of your Bible or wherever you're taking notes. Neither, says this, neither went I up to Jerusalem to them which were apostles before me. And this is Paul talking about preparing. But I went to Arabia and returned again to Damascus. Then after three years, I went up to Jerusalem to see Peter and abode with him 15 days. We can read passage after passage of times that God used these men and women in the Bible to prepare them for what was to come. So we know the beginning of David's life was a time used to prepare his heart, the foundation of his life. God is seeking our hearts. He wants our heart affection. He wants our heart attention. He wants it. He desires for that. Just as he did in David's life, he wants ours too. And it was during this time that we see that David really acquired inner strength and integrity to be called a man after God's own heart. What a, what a testimony that David had, a man after God's own heart. Why was he that way? Why was he considered a man for God's own heart? Well, it was these moments in his early life that God was preparing him for to come. Notice some things tonight that, that uh, David did uh, as far as preparing, okay? Let's go to our text again here tonight. Got my iPad all uh, messed up here. There it goes. So first thing we see that he learned to know God. Turn with me to Psalm chapter 8 tonight. I'm going to have you turn to some passages, and if you just want to write these down, we're not going to take time to uh, really go through all of these tonight, but I'm going to read them and try to get to some of these uh, passages we think about uh, David and his time of preparing his life. Psalm 8, verse 1. I love the Psalms. Psalms has so many rich truths, so many helpful thoughts, so many uh, poetic uh, uh, things that we can think on, dwell upon, meditate on, and a lot of them are written or are, are centered around the life of David. Uh, what he went through, his highs, his lows, his good days, his bad days, which we all face. But David learned, first of all, through this time of preparation, to know God. He learned to know him in a deep, personal, intimate way. Think about Psalm 8, verse 1. It says, O Lord, how excellent is thy name in all the earth, who has set thy glory above the heavens. It just speaks David's heart, how he loved the Lord and thought about what he created. I imagine as David, we're going to get to his what he did and as being a shepherd, but I imagine as David would sit um, out with the sheep, he was probably reflecting and meditating upon the scriptures and thinking about what the Lord is or who the Lord is and what he's done. Uh, the Lord, a, a blessed, blessed be the God of, of salvation. He's my shield. He's my comfort. All throughout the Psalms, we find the heart really of David. God was preparing David for what was to come, and David learned to know God in a very deep, personal way. David learned how great God was. He, he, there was no doubt that as a young teenager, as a young man, he learned uh, the, the power, the powerful God that he would eventually would continue to serve for the rest of his life. But early on, David learned to cultivate a heart for God. And you know that all throughout his, his life, you can see how his heart was turned back to the Lord. Yeah, he, he messed up. We know that. We know David failed. Most of us know that he, he made mistakes, he messed up, he failed as a human being, he did. But his heart was still turned towards the Lord. Go with me to back to 1 Samuel, and look at 1 Samuel chapter 13. 1 Samuel chapter 13. <clears throat> Excuse me. 1 Samuel 13 really is prior to his anointing, but David was as we already said, described as a man after God's own heart. This was long before he would ever, again, become king of Israel. Look at, look at uh, 1 Samuel chapter 13, verse 14. It says this, But now thy kingdom shall not continue. The Lord, doth, or the Lord hath sought him a man after his own heart, and the Lord hath commanded him to be captain over his people, because thou hast not kept that which the Lord commanded thee. God was seeking 
uh, someone who would turn their heart towards him. God was seeking someone like David whose heart was cultivated, really turned towards the Lord. Think about this tonight, we'll move on. How well would you say that you know God? Now, probably the person you're sitting next to or someone in your family would say they know you better than anybody else knows you, okay? If you come to my house, my family knows me well. They know, uh, probably if you go home with me tonight, I'm not much different here than I am at home, okay? My house is crazy, I'm crazy with them, and we just have a great time, okay? Nothing changes from here to there. But, but your family knows you well. They, they know everything about you. They know what you think. They know what you, how you act. They know. And so how well would you say your relationship with God is? Or how well would you say you know God? If someone could ask you some questions, simple questions, could you answer those about the Lord and what he has done for you and how testimony and say, yes, I know this to be true. How, how likely or how much have you studied God's word. And would you say, I know all there is to know. Now, none of us can answer that, honestly, tonight. But would you say, I know a lot. I can answer that. Or would you say, man, probably I don't know as much as I like to know. You know, you can probably, it's amazing how quick people can uh, rattle off statistics about maybe their, 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 their favorite sports player or sports team. And there's nothing wrong with those. I enjoy watching those as well, too, and keeping up on what's going on. Uh, but, but, but God helped me to know more about God's word and his word and what he's done for me than to know about sports and other things going on in the world. That's what I, w- I want to know more about him and what he can do and how he can, uh, how can be used of God and have a heart that's turned towards him. But notice not only did David know, learn to know God, but second of all, he learned to use his gifts. Go back to our text here, 1 Samuel chapter 16, verse number, let's look down at verse number 18. When you think about David, it's interesting because you think about David not only being uh, a warrior, a fighter, a, a, a strong person, as we, we read, read, ready, already read about his life, but you also find that David was talented and musician. He was gifted with many different talents, and God used him as the beautiful psalmist, but also as the man after his own heart, but a warrior, a fighter. And so that's not really things you put together. Usually it's not both of them together. Look at First uh, Samuel 16, verse 18. Then answered one of the servants and said, Behold, I have seen a son of Jesse, the Bethlehemite, and notice this, that is cunning and playing, and mighty, or mighty valiant man, and a man of war, a prudent in matters, and comely person, and the Lord is with him. Man, I would love to have that said about me. Prudent in matters. He's cunning in war. Uh, you, you all know that Pastor Philip is talented with building. I mean, construction is a thing. It is not my thing. I, 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 I'm just beyond, uh, uh, I, my mind cannot comprehend some of these things. I'm learning, and I've done a little bit over the years. My dad can, uh, taught us how to change oil and, and do change tires and things like that. But it's construction stuff, that is, that is not my thing. That's his thing. So, you know, God gives us different gifts, but David had a special uh, talent. He was a mighty warrior, a, 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 a great musician, very talented in that way. And, and long, as I said, long before he ever would face Goliath, long before he would ever uh, do great things and we would see him conquer, uh, have great victories in his life, and, and God used him mightily as the king of Israel, he was uh, turned his gifts, his abilities towards the Lord. He, he was turning him back to the Lord. Uh, maybe make note of Proverbs 18, verse 16. It says this, a man's gift maketh room for him and bringeth him before great men. Another a passage to think about, about our talents and gifts the Lord has given to us. Matthew 25, 28 and 29 says this, Take therefore the talent from him and give it unto him which hath ten talents. For unto every one that hath shall be given, 
and shall have abundance, but from him that hath not shall be taken away even that which he hath. Now think about this. Every one of us in this room tonight have been given, if we're a child of God, have been given abilities, gifts, talents, uh, things that we, we can do. As I've already said, Pastor Philip has uh, talents and abilities, and, and there's things that he has that I don't have. And, and so vice versa, okay? Every one of us in this room have different abilities to do that. Some of you have uh, great talents in singing, you're talented in, in music, or you're talented in uh, whatever. You put whatever in the blank there. God has blessed each one of us with something we can do. Something we can give back to Him. And if we don't use our talents for the Lord, if we don't use those gifts that God has given to us, there could be a point that God could take those away and give them to somebody else or use somebody else with those same talents. That would be, that would be terrible to think about, that God has blessed my life with something to be able to do and I not use it for His honor, not use it for His glory. May God help us to use our gifts and abilities. Tonight, maybe you have a, a spiritual gift. I think Pastor Philip is getting ready to uh, start some series on spiritual gifts. Maybe tonight you have the, the gift of discernment. You have an ability to, to have wisdom, or you have ability of mercy, or a gift of serving, or hospitality. Uh, some people have special gifts. Use those abilities, just as David did. Give them back to the Lord. Turn your heart to the Lord. Cultivate a heart that is turned towards God. So not only notice David's preparation, God was preparing him for what's to come. You know, God is preparing us right now for, for what's, what's ahead. He's using these moments in our life, moments in our church life, uh, to prepare us for the days to come. And, and, and so look at those moments that God has given us, just as he did in the life of David. No second of all tonight, David's dedication. Preparation proves useless if it is not accompanied by dedication. You can do all the right things to prepare yourself all the right ways and, and then be not dedicated and it's all just a waste. You prepared as David did, as we see his life was, was working and, and he was serving where he was. He was being faithful to what he's been given to do. And so God used him and would use him mightily in the days to come. Uh, many are students of the Word of God, but, but few are, are givers or preachers of the Word of God. The very purpose of preparation is use. Most of you have some kind of education or you graduated high school or you, maybe you have a degree or a college degree. God has uh, allowed you to finish those things and accomplish those things and to, to use that for what's to come. Just as David uh, had times preparing in his life, God was preparing him for what was to come. Know some things that he did uh, really to be dedicated or show that he was dedicated. Go back to 1 Samuel 17 with me. Let's look at our, our text again. Or I think we were in 1 Samuel 16. Let's go forward to 1 Samuel 17. We notice, first of all, that David was diligent in his job. Now, someone tell me, this students here in our classroom tonight, what was David's profession early in his teenage years? He was a shepherd, okay? We know that well. We know early in his, his young life, he was a shepherd. Now, most of us would not walk out the door and say, I'm going to be a shepherd tomorrow, okay? It's not really the ideal job. It's not really the ideal uh, thing that we want to go and be a shepherd. Shepherding is, uh, to, being a shepherd to a sheep is, is really a, uh, a kind of a, we would think of a uh, kind of a meaningless, meaningless job or task, uh, something that was not glamorous or something that we would not naturally pick, okay? Notice what David did and how he was diligent to his job. He loved what he did and he was faithful to it. He was res responsible for it. Look at 1 Samuel uh, 17, verse 34. Let's look down there together. Verse 34. Uh, 1 Samuel 17, verse 34. And David said unto Saul, Thy servant kept his father's sheep, and there came a lion and a bear, and took a lamb out of the flock. And I went out after him, and smote him, and delivered it out of his mouth. And when he arose against me, I caught him by his beard, and smote him, and slew him. 
Thy servant slew both the lion and the bear, and an uncircumcised Philistine shall be as one of them, seeing he hath defied the armies of the living God. David said, Moreover, the Lord that delivered me out of the paw of the lion, excuse me, out of the paw of the bear, he will deliver me out of the hand of the Philistine. And Saul said unto David, Go, and the Lord be with thee. David was serious about shepherding. He was very serious to the point that he would do anything to protect his sheep. A lion, a bear, I mean, you imagine if a lion, a bear, most of us would run, okay? I would run. I'm not going to, I'll be honest, I would run, okay? If there's a bear coming at me or a lion coming at me, I would get out of there. But he stayed, he fought, he was diligent in his job. He put his life uh, at, at, really on the line to protect his sheep. He was diligent to his job. He was faithful to it. Long before the victory of Goliath, David had already learned what it meant to have, or learned to be dedicated and diligent in his responsibilities. Think about this tonight. We as believers need to be diligent in performing or doing the task that the Lord has entrusted to us. Small, maybe unimportant, maybe something no one ever in this church building would ever see you do, God has commanded us to be faithful to that responsibility. Ecclesiastes 9.10, this is a great verse, and Pastor Philip's gone this week, so I've reminded myself of this verse, and, and whatever I find to do, do it with all I might. And I've been reminding myself, and I'm just joking about that, but, but that is a verse that we can think about every day. Look at Ecclesiastes 9, verse 10. Whatsoever thy hand findeth to do, do it with all thy might. For there is no work, nor device, nor knowledge, nor wisdom in the grave, whither thou goest. Luke 16, 10, another great uh, verse to think on about being faithful to the responsibility the Lord has given to us. Luke 16, 10, he that is faithful in that which is least is faithful also in much, and he that is unjust in the least, is unjust also, or also in much. Whatever God has given you the responsibility to do, maybe it's your job, your family, uh, ministry here, whatever the Lord has put in your life to do, do it faithfully. Do it, do it wholeheartedly with all your might. Now, I, I don't want to just sing half-heartedly. I want to sing with all my might. I don't want to mow grass half-heartedly. I want to do it with all my might. Whatever it is God has given you to do, do it with all your might. God entrusts us with small tasks to train us for larger task in the future. Uh, F.B. Meyer said it this way, don't waste your time waiting and longing for large opportunities which may never come, but faithfully handle little things that are always claiming your attention. Whatever it is, your responsibility, be faithful to it. Now, notice this, not only was he diligent to the job, but he was, second of all, he, was, he fulfilled his responsibilities. He fulfilled his responsibilities. <clears throat> Go with me back to 1 Samuel 16, uh, verse 11. Notice it with me. We find that David, again, shepherding was not really the ideal job. In those times, it was not really a, a glamorous thing. People said, oh, he's just a shepherd. He just takes care of sheep. Um, but sheep are not very wise. They're not very smart animals. They're really dumb animals, honestly. Uh, they, they wander off. They, uh, they fall over. You have to pick them up. And there's a lot of things. You can't ever read about sheep. It's really interesting uh, what, what they do and uh, things they don't do. And uh, you, it's, a, it's, a hard, it's a hard job. And so David was diligent to his job. He, he was faithful to what he was doing. Look at 1 Samuel 16, verse 11. Notice it says, And Samuel said unto Jesse, Are all thy children here? Notice it. And he said, There remaineth yet the youngest. And behold, he keepeth the sheep. And Samuel said unto Jesse, Send and fetch him, for we will not sit down till he come hither. So where his brothers were, they were looking for the, uh, Samuel was looking for the next king. He was searching for the anointed one, the one who would take over or be the next king. And you're missing one. Where's, where's your other son? Where's that other one? Oh, he's in, the, he's in the field with the sheep. David wasn't doing anything glamorous. Wasn't any, he was out in the field taking care of his sheep. He was faithful to what he'd been given to do. Go back over to 1 Samuel 17 again, if you forward just one chapter. Look at verse 17. 
And Jesse said unto David, his son, Take now for thy brethren and ephah and, and this parched corn and ten, or, or these ten loaves and run to the camp to thy brethren. So, so David now had been given a task to go give something to his brother. But notice this, what he, what he did, because his responsibility still remained to the sheep. And carry these ten cheese, cheeses unto the captain of the thousand, or their thousand, and look how thy brethren fare and take their pledge. Now Saul and they and all the men of Israel were in the valley of Elah fighting with the Philistines. And David rose up early in the morning and left the sheep with the keeper, and took and went as Jesse commanded him. And he came to the trench and, uh, as the host was going forth to the fight and shouted with the battle. So notice what David, he was diligent in his job. He knew his responsibility was to the sheep, even to the point that he left someone in charge or someone responsible for his sheep while he had to go help his brothers or take a package or care package to his brother. Think about this. We'll move on from this tonight. When God calls someone to serve him as a Sunday school teacher, choir member, usher, bus worker, whatever, you put your category in there, wherever you serve in that way, it doesn't mean... Uh, that he relinquishes his responsibility in areas such as personal wealth with God or caring for his own family. Those are responsibilities we have to take care of every day. We're responsible for those things. But think about this. We don't know uh, necessarily what God is, is trying to teach us and use these times that we're serving wherever you are in whatever place God has put you in. We don't know what he's doing, what he's trying to accomplish. But we have given the, been given the responsibility, whether big or small, whether, whether somebody sees it or not, be faithful in those responsibilities, diligent to the job. God help us to be faithful to, to Him, to our families, to our responsibilities every day. Be in the Word of God every day. The results of our obedience are determined by God. So we should be faithful to what He's given us to do. Now notice this. Let's go back to 1 Samuel 16. We'll finish with this one. Not only do we see David's preparation, God was preparing him to... Uh, for the future, what was to come, what was going to take place, and preparing him to know him or to know the Lord. Uh, he was diligent in his job. He was dedicated to that. He was responsible. And so God was using, again, this time for the future of David's uh, ministry and what he would be responsible for. Notice David's revelation. Look at verse, 1 Samuel 16, verse 12. 1 Samuel 16, verse 12. We see David's revelation. Now think about this. We'll read this. It was only after David's preparation and dedication that God revealed his call on David's life through the prophet Samuel. David wasn't looking. David necessarily wasn't seeking, what's, what's my next assignment? What's my next job? Now, that doesn't mean that we should sit and just say, well, okay, God, I, there's nothing for me to do. I'm not going to do anything. We should constantly seek the Lord, constantly turn our hearts to the Lord. But David wasn't looking for the next big responsibility, not the next big thing. He was simply serving where he was. He was being faithful to what the Lord had given him to do. Look at verse 12, 1 Samuel 16, verse 12. And he sent and brought him in. Now he was Rudy, Ruddy, I think it's Rudy or Ruddy, I'm not really sure. And with all a beautiful countenance and goodly to look to. And the Lord said, Arise, anoint him, for this is he. Then Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the midst of his brethren. And the Spirit of the Lord came upon David from that day forward. So Samuel rose up and went to Ramah. Now, God will reveal what he wants us to do. He, he will reveal that to us in this time. God's promises to show his children that what they should do next or how they should do it or where they should go. But one of the most powerful verses to think about God's will for our lives is Genesis 24, 27. If you want to turn there with me, you can. Genesis 24, 27. Think about this verse tonight. We're kind of bringing this all to a close here in just the next few moments. And I want to get this last thought and be done tonight. Genesis 24, verse 27. 24, verse 27. If you want to turn there, you can or just jot it down and come back to it. 
uh, first, or Genesis 24, 27. It says this, And he said, Blessed be the Lord God of my master Abraham, who hath not left destitute my master of his mercy and his truth. I being in the way, the Lord led me to the house of my master's brethren. Notice that verse, that phrase, I being in the way, meaning that being in the way where God wants us to be, doing exactly what God wants to do will reveal the next plan or the next step we're supposed to take. Do you have a big step you have to make or a big step you have to take maybe in your life or decision or something right now that you think, I, I've got to make a decision about this. I've got to take the next step. God has been, uh, been pounding my heart, been, been, been working in my life about the next thing I need to do. Well, simply every day. I had a good friend of mine. He passed away uh, about six years or five, six years ago. And, and he said one of the greatest ways to find God's will for your life is to simply do every day what God has given you to do. The task every day ahead of you, stay simply in his word, trusting in him, being in the way, doing exactly what he wants you to do. Then he'll reveal himself to you. David, again, wasn't looking, wasn't searching. He was simply being in the way that God had for him to be. As we follow God's leading, as we are in the way, he leads us further to the next step. And one of the hardest things to do as a believer is to wait. None, none of us like to wait. Anybody here enjoy waiting in line or waiting for this or waiting for that? Nobody likes to wait. We're, we're not patient by, by natural uh, ability. We're, not, we're just not patient people. That's, that's how we don't live that way. And it's hard to wait. Maybe God has, working in, or God has been working in your life as David was uh, coming up next on a, a, big, a big task, we'll, we'll see later on, and we get to have another opportunity to study through the life of David, we'll see how he would next face Goliath, and what he would take, and how he would accomplish that. But notice, first of all, that David waited on God's timing. He didn't rush it. He didn't try to get ahead of God. He didn't try to push the door open or, or really close the door. He just trusted in the Lord. Time after time in David's life, he waited on God to lead him. Friends tonight, if I can say anything, let God lead you. Be, be God-led and not fleshly-led, not what you want led, not what so-and-so says led, but be God-led. Be led by God and His Word. Isaiah 40, 31, But they that wait upon the Lord, a familiar verse, shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary, and they shall walk and not faint. But not only this, did David wait on God's timing, but he also he accepted God's commission. He accepted it. He knew God had given him a task eventually to become the next king of Israel, the anointed one, the one who would lead the, the army of Israel and lead the great nation of Israel. He would lead them and, and, and uh, be their great king and great leader. And, and so David accepted this responsibility. Now, I can't imagine uh, that, that as a teenager, 16 years old, becoming maybe the president or becoming a, uh, a manager or something of that nature. Okay, And so that was a big task that David had ahead of him. But notice 1 Samuel 16, if you go back there with me, it says this. In 1 Samuel 16, verse 13, it says this. And the Spirit of the Lord came upon David from that day forward. God's hand was upon David's life. Did David mess up? Absolutely, yes. Did David have great victories? Absolutely, yes. God used him. Great uh, man of the Lord, a man after God's own heart. And from that time on, David knew his responsibility, his destiny, what he was supposed to do with his life. And Christians tonight, we need to realize that Satan will do all he can to get our eyes off the Lord. He'll do all he can to distract us and get our minds away from the Lord. He, he get all, he'll do all he can to get us away from church, to get us away from the things of the Lord. He'll get, us, get our attention off of being in the way. Let's keep our eyes focused on the Lord. God will always call us to do his will. He made each of us a purpose. Every one of us tonight has a purpose, a responsibility that we've been given to do. It is our job to repair and equip ourselves to carry out what he wants us to do for our lives. 
We must dedicate ourselves to focusing on God's word and live day by day. Think about this tonight. What specific task or ministry has God given you to do? Have you been doing those faithfully? Every one of us can pray. Every one of us can, can encourage. Every one of us can witness. The child of God, there are so many things that we can do. Now, and again, not every one of us have, have the different gifts and different abilities, but God has given all of us the opportunity to go and witness, to pray, to encourage, to encourage our pastor, to come alongside somebody and help them and encourage them. How are you preparing yourself to do what God has given you to do? Have you dedicated all your ability to say, Lord, whatever you want me to do with my life, I'll do it. God, however you want me to serve you, I'll do it. As we see in David's life, he was simply turning his heart constantly back towards the Lord. May God help us to have a heart like David. Maybe we could even be considered a person after God's own heart. I would love for that to be said about me. I would love for that to be, that, hey, Kenny loves the Lord. He loves God. He wants God to work in his life. And I pray that maybe that would be your prayer tonight. Let's bow our heads and close tonight. Let's just ask the Lord to help us for the next few moments and uh, just ask his blessing upon our lives and to use us in a mighty way as leaders, as moms and dads, grandparents, grandmas, and husbands.